1: U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
0: They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy. If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal a truck. Bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley, and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, this is Chris Liss, the host of the East Coast Offense Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.com. There is a special offer for new users on FanDuel. Get a six-month, free, RotoWire subscription, with a $10 deposit on FanDuel, you can go to fanduel.com slash rw. Not only will you get that free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's more than $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to fanduel.com slash rw. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. We are going to handicap some of these games. But first, Dalton, uh, I know we talked a little bit about this on the XM show, but you had quite an interesting uh, experience watching the Game seven of the World Series.
1: Yeah, let's get this out of the way quickly. Um, I bet on the Indians uh, to win the World Series at twenty-three to one odds. I bet one hundred fifty dollars, so nearly thirty-five hundred bucks before the season. They lost Carlos Carrasco, Danny Salazar, Michael Brantley, um, and yet they obviously were up three to one in the World Series. And then last night, I was uh, quite clearly intense rooting for Cleveland. We had a back and forth with you and Mark Stopa. You guys offered me my uh, my my ticket for $300 when they were down, whatever it was, three runs, and then I made a tweet that said, "Everyone who criticized Joe Madden last night was so off base. oldest Chapman is going to dominate right now. Free agent, then too." That tweet is currently has 96 likes and 97 retweets, which is the most I've ever had, and everyone eviscerating me, calling me the biggest idiot of all time not realizing that it was quite clearly a jinx attempt.
0: Yeah, it's funny that uh that, that's retweeted as look at this asshole, basically, is the that's like the purpose of the retweet. Like, look what a moron this guy on Twitter is. And that's who you are. And by the time that gets retweeted and retweeted again, they haven't looked at your timeline. They don't know that you're the whole time holding on to this bet, negotiating a buyout. You know, they have no idea what the context is.
1: Exactly. No, I know. And how how I, I actually went so, so here's my problem. I actually responded to everyone. Like, am I an idiot for doing so?
0: I mean, I would have maybe just put a tweet out there and just said, hey, idiots, that was a jinx tweet. Stop taking it at face value. But you right. know that, you know, it's usually a hit. Twitter's hit and run, man. You know, I mean, Twitter's not I like, hey, know. let's do right. context and nuance and let's see who this person really is. It's, oh, you said something bad? We got you. You know, I told you one time a couple years ago, Eric Berry he, the note that we had at wire was that he was missing a game because of an illness. And I thought, okay, he's got the flu. So I said, oh, maybe he got sick watching Latavius Murray burn him for a 90 yard touchdown. <laughs> and then, like, five people right away went, he's got cancer, you fucking asshole. You know, <sharp> you fucking jerk. He's got cancer. Oh, incense. You know, so I'm the bad guy now. Now I, I don't care about cancer. No, not only that, not only do I not care about cancer, I caused the cancer by tweeting that. I was the cause of cancer, you know? Good. I mean, it was as if. And I was like, guys, take it easy. I didn't realize. So you're saying it I'm not
1: was. the first one to experience this.
0: No, it's, but it's just, it's really, well, you, I don't know how far you are into Black Mirror because it's uh, very interesting. Um, they sort of deal with it a little bit. I, yeah, you're probably four. not. four. Okay, so you're not there yet, but yeah. this is a this is something that comes up. But anyway, there is just such a mentality of... And it's really douchebaggy the way these people are. They're so ready to, like, you said the wrong thing, you know. And, you know, I mean, that's – what I did was worse. I mean, that could have been worse because, like, I'm a bad person. You're just an idiot. You're just a moron. You're not a bad person. You're not going to get fired from your job because you are a total moron. I mean, you You should be fired. I think you should be fired personally, but it's not – you know, that tweet is not going to do anything. Um, And not like anyone's going to fire me. I can't really be fired, I guess, but, but it's the idea of like, well, I'm a, I'm, I don't even care if an athlete gets cancer. That's a laughing matter to me. Apparently, you know, that's what these people, that's what they presume the worst that that's, that's, that was the spirit of my tweet.
1: Right. Fair enough. I like how still, when I had this crazy event last night, you still made it about you and and that's (laughs) why I love you. That's why I love.
0: Yes, it is about me, but you know, it was weak and I, I have to call you out on this. You were on the XM show today and this is about you. It's about your bet and about how you agonized over it and they came back and how miserable it was and the buyout and the whole thing, and you made this bet before the season. And so that's fine. That's just a story about you. It's it's a funny story, certainly amusing to other people. Um, so at least you have a good story out of it. And how and, strong
1: are my jinxing powers, by the way? That's well, what's overlooked in this whole issue.
0: Well, we'll we'll get to that, but um, because it's it goes beyond that, it's a depth of jinxing that it's a dangerous power to have. But what I'm saying is you are just such, I don't know what I want to call you, but... You get on the show, and before you even go into the story that we're asking you to share on the air with far more listeners than listen to this shitty podcast, Um, you go, well, I just want to congratulate the Cubs and their fans. Shut the fuck up with that shit. Shut the fuck up. You know, you don't need that sanctimonious, oh, I'm a media person. I've got to say the right thing. Just dispense with that. Jesus. I hate when I see all these personalities be like, oh, you know, it's a, you know. So-and-so died, and my condolences because the celebrity died. They need to be the spokesperson for sanctimoniousness. Just just fucking speak like a human being.
1: Totally fair criticism, and I will accept it. But uh, my point just was that this is not a normal World Series win, and it was an awesome Game 7. And unlike you, I don't want to make everything about me. But I get it. I was the, the guest on the show, and I'm sure you talked ad nauseum about that game already previously, so... My story's a funny one. $3,500 isn't nothing to, to sneeze at. Um, so I get it. I get it. I, apologize. I, I I retract my statement and fuck Cubs fans.
0: That's for, thank you. There we go. Now I have respect for you. It's not even like you have to say fuck Cubs fans, although I want to get into that in a second. But it's just more like that, like that tweet that says to everybody, you see I'm a good guy because I say the right thing fuck that. That's, that's, that's the enemy. That's the enemy, okay? Because that it also alienates the listener. It's like the listener's like, oh, this guy's just a sanctimonious douche, okay? Um, and, and I know you're actually not, so I had to call you out on that. Um, and secondly, um, the Cubs thing that really bothers me is People like to claim the victim mantle or the underdog mantle when they don't deserve it. The Cubs are the overwhelming favorite. They were the favorite before the season. They were the favorite before the start of the playoffs. They have the best pitching staff. They have the best hitting. They are the favorite. They have the best management. And to me, the idea that, oh, look at all this adversity we overcame. What a great story. It's like, no, Goliath killed David. That's what happened in this game. Goliath slew David. Period. Okay.
1: okay, hold on. I have like a few things to say about this. First of all, Cleveland's driving me crazy because they, first of all, came against came back against my Warriors down three to one, and now Cleveland up three to one blew my my, my money. And I, I know I've, no one cares about my, my silly things, but I, I have a I had a lot of bets when we. My only bet before the season was us Indians, but when we met up uh, with the RotoWire trip mid season in July, I made a couple other bets on the Dodgers, the um, whatever doesn't matter. The only team that really could have screwed me, honestly, especially when, when the Blue Jays won that wildcard game, were the Cubs. And man, not only did they win this last night, but I was there for game four in person against my Giants. Right. Uh, so emotionally, I mean, the, the Cubs are really my—Cleveland is my least favorite city by far. Never been in that dump, but I, but I just assume it's a dump. <laughs>
0: That's where my mom's from, man. That's where my mom's from. But I don't take it personally. Oh,
1: I like it even even less now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I've been to Cleveland many times as a kid, by the way. So, uh, But I want to say one other thing about the Cubs that annoys me, and I understand why you don't like the city of Cleveland, but there's all these fucking fake bandwagony Cubs fans. You know the people, and you know if you're listening and you're one of them, you know who you are. You know that you didn't really sweat and live and die with this team in 1994, in 2002, okay? when Alfonso Soriano was on it in 2008
1: or whatever. I, I will say this. I know you covered them for Rotowire when I started there.
0: Yes. I know the Cubs very well, Okay, so I know about them. I was never rooted for them, and I'm certainly not on their bandwagon now. But you know how those fucking people come out of the woodwork when something like this happens. It happened when the Red Sox won, too. Oh, all these people secretly kind of like the Red Sox. And now they're celebrating with all those people because they want to be part of something. This is a big event. If something hasn't happened since 1908. I want to be part of it. So I will kind of subtly align myself with the Cubs to the point where I'm rooting for them in the playoffs. And then by the World Series, I'm now a Cubs fan but you're fucking not a Cubs fan. You don't know shit about the Cubs. You just jumped on the bandwagon. This happened with the Chicago Bulls. Everyone was a Michael Jordan fan in the 90s. Oh, yeah, I'm a Bulls fan, right. It happened with the Niners with Montana and Steve Young, okay? It's just, it's making me sick, okay? There's not that many Cubs fans that are old school Cubs fans that actually watched their games when they sucked, okay? To those people, congratulations, I'm not happy for you, but I respect it. Your team won. Good for you. Okay. I'd rather they lost. I was rooting for Cleveland. To me, that's a real underdog that, as you said, lost all those players and you know, would have really been a big thing. Um, the Cubs were the favorite from the beginning. But there's just a lot of people coming out of the woodwork to claim the Cubs in a way that's just fucking bullshit. It's transparently bullshit. And, again, if you're listening to this, look inside yourself. You know who you are. You know what I'm saying is true.
1: Don't become insufferable as the Boston fans have.
0: Oh, the Boston, but this is a joke. And then secondly, fuck Theo Epstein, okay? First off, Theo <laughs> Epstein, Come on. the Redskins, on, I mean the Redskins, the Red Sox and the Cubs, okay? There's no point in baseball anymore. Like the whole point of baseball was that the Red Sox and Cubs had these iconic parks. They were iconic franchises from the beginning, and they hadn't won. It was just part of what baseball was, that these teams every year, just something heartbreaking happened and it was who they were, and it was what defined all of baseball in some way. Now that these things are done, who cares who wins? It doesn't even matter anymore. I mean, who gives a shit? Yeah, so the Yankees win, the Dodgers win, the Giants win, the Cubs win. It's just another fucking team winning. The whole You are the,
1: insane. You are insane. The yes. whole
0: point of baseball was the Cubs and Red Sox. That was the whole point. Now there's no point. There's no storyline. There's nothing. It's over.
1: You are truly insane. Epstein, uh, everyone expected him to do this, and he did it. And this team's going to win for years, and he he did it through drafting and trades, and it's like he should get so much credit. It's a crime.
0: I'm not trying to say that he's not an excellent executive. I'm not making that case. I'm just saying he ruined baseball. The best. Yeah, but he ruined baseball in the process.
1: Okay, fair enough on that argument. But that dude, like, everyone expected him to do this? I'm not questioning his
0: skills. I'm saying he should have left it alone. It was better when the Red Sox. Oh, Suns I
1: like lost. that. Okay, stayed in his monkey suit. Okay, fine, fair enough. Absolutely. All right. So all right, we're, d- we're done football? with that. What should I have done, Hedging? Real quick. What should I have done? Not at all. You're going to well, call me. A-
0: here's the thing. I actually think that the three hundred dollars that you could have had, and you know when it was when it was six three in the seventh, uh, would have been a fair amount for both of you guys. Stove for the upside. You for cashing in something. But I actually think you're better off without the money because when they tied it up. You would have been so miserable. It would have been just such a terrible – like, everybody's so excited. It's such an exciting moment. Like, Raji Davis hits the home run. We're all excited. We're all into it. The- it's 4 in the morning here, right? I want to go to sleep, but I'm right. like, I got to watch this. It's amazing. I'm glad I stayed up. And you would have been the only person – I mean, obviously, the Cubs fans didn't want them to tie it up, but it's still an exciting moment – who was, like, physically nauseous when that happened. You know what I mean? If you'd given away – Yeah, no, my,
1: my wife, Carly, actually said that's the loudest I've heard you scream even more than your own teams you root for, which I – strongly deny but no, yeah no, you're right you are no, a mercenary you're seven are of the a world series piece cool. of
0: shit you scream louder for the money than you do for your own team it shows who you are in your character but if you can Well that- I
1: made some hedges before this series too i know you're going to call me a coward but i did i, I mean i at least you know made a, made okay money but okay. you would have not you would have, what would you have personally done hedging before this series i'm curious
0: i would have um I don't know. I mean, if I had like a reliable bookie or Vegas or something that I knew I could get the money back, I'd probably have hedged. I would have probably put like a thousand or something just to, you know, gotcha. take out something. Okay. Probably. I yeah, don't know. It was like
1: it was. minus two thirty before the series. The best time to hedge would have been when they were, you know, the Cubs were down three to one. That's right. which I that cont- would have been
0: a brilliant hedge. <laughs> that didn't you, were, you got too cocky. You were like, I got this.
1: Yep. Correct. All right. So, let's move on to some football. Enough. Well, enough baseball talk.
0: I just want to say one more thing though about this is that that time that you were so excited when they hit the home run and it was six all and then Chapman had to come out and they, they were right. bottom of the ninth to win it. Like if you think of your life as just a, a series of moments, right? Those moments were incredibly enjoyable and exciting for you. And you worth more had, than $300. One would hope what I'm saying. Not only were they worth more than $3, you would have had not just not having those moments. You would have had the most the awful moments right. instead of those, right? The opposite. If you sold it. Right. So, I think the sum total of not having those moments and then getting the reverse, even though in the end it was disappointing, I think you made out ahead by not cashing in.
1: Could not agree with you more. That sounds like a black mirror episode, but I totally, totally agree with you. Yep.
0: All right. So what do you want? You want to go straight into this? Yeah. Let's do some football. Come on. Okay. All right. So hold on. Hold on. Hold on.
1: So last week we went three and two. Right. Okay. We, uh, Falcons did not cover even though they won. Right, text was easy. Um, so you gave me a hard time on the XM show, but I, I assume what you're saying. I, I had you switch out one. I, I put in my the Chargers who did oh. not, you know, fair. But the, what was the team you took out? Do you remember?
0: I don't remember what was
1: it. It was the Seahawks who did not cover either. Right, um, so I and took we out got the got a... Seahawks
0: and and I put in. I said I want the Panthers. I want the Texans. You made me pick. I had the Texans, Panthers, Cowboys, and Falcons. Right, so I was three and yep. one. And then you gave us a yep. loss with the only, your only contribution. That's was one loss.
1: way of looking at it. That's one way of looking at it. But we went three and two t- collectively because What's your the other, other way of looking out? at it. The other way is looking at looking at it is that uh, the team you took out. I I, I agreed with those picks yeah. <laughs> and the team that I entered lost just as the one you removed lost. So anyway, and the Cowboys was an amazing cover, by the way. I know. It was lucky.
0: And you know what? The Chargers should have covered also, by the way.
1: Thank you. Thank you for that acknowledgement. But anyway, three and two. We're on the right track. Let's keep it up.
0: All right. So Falcons minus three and a half at Bucks. I set this line at one and a half. That was my sort of, if I had to make, you know, if I were a bookie, that's where I would want it. To me, three and a half is just a lot on the road on a short week. Give me the Bucks.
1: I totally get it. I understand. Um, I uh, personally made a teaser with the, the Bears on Monday night and the Falcons in this one. So I'm getting plus three and a half. So I'm rooting for the Falcons. And I took them overall, but... Boy, this is ugly. I understand why you went the way well, you did. I, mean, I would not can't, touch
0: just because you're rooting for the Falcons plus three and a half doesn't mean you like them at no, minus I three the, and a no.
1: half. No, why I took that side though in the teaser, it's because they also took the uh, gave the points here. It's a fifty-one and a fifty-one ish type of over under. They just seem like so much the better team. They're really good. Are they one? Of, are they not one of the two or three best teams in NFC? The
0: They're good. They're pretty good, um, but. And the Bucks are terrible, don't get me wrong. But this is a short week in Tampa, division rival. The Bucks won the first one. Usually the second meeting between divisional teams goes under. I expect a close game here.
1: You're probably on the sharp side. I admit that, okay. for sure. That's okay. obviously the sharp side.
0: We'll move on. I don't care that much about this game. Okay, Jaguars plus nine at the Chiefs. Now, this is when I thought Alex Smith would play. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's no longer the case. I made the line ten and a half. I thought, okay, Jaguars are a doormat, like, you know, bottom of the barrel going to a, maybe not the best team in the league, but a clear playoff team who destroyed the Colts in Indy without Alex Smith and without Spencer Ware. Um, so I made it 10 and a half. It was nine. So I laid the wood.
1: I did as well. I actually switched it from my best bet in our staff picks after learning that Alex Smith left. And I hope that I regret that because Kansas City is my survivor pick this week. Oh, you're in an It idiot. is down. Ooh, I would love to hear this because it's yep. down to four of us. With another $3,300 on the line, I'm sure I will lose uh, $7,000 in the span of six days. will be fun. Or, sorry, four days. Um, yeah, don't love backing Nick Foles anymore. Um, this is a, probably a problem. Uh, Jacksonville has 10 days of rest. Um, but, but Blake Bortles is terrible. I mean, I don't know. I want your opinion also on Tarkandrick West as far as fantasy terms.
0: Okay, well, first of all, 41, 42% of people are on the Chiefs. So that's a big problem.
1: Um, Oh, come on. My pool, the pool I'm talking about is four people left.
0: Yeah. So if two of them take the Chiefs, you do not want the Chiefs. Do them Okay. My my alternatives I've already taken. Like, give me the alternatives. Okay. Well, the alternatives I will tell you. But I I would take the Vikings, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, or the Packers ahead of the Chiefs. And not because I think they're more likely to win, but because the Chiefs are by far the most owned. And so just like last week with the Vikings that I avoided – 35% 35% of my pools were out after last week, right? There is payoff also. You know how it works with Survivor. Why would you take I a 42%? hated
1: the Vikings last week. Hated them.
0: But it's not just about whether you like them to win. It's about what's the payoff if they do win, okay? And when a team is 42% owned, as in this case, that means probably two of those four people are going to have the Chiefs. And then if all three have the Chiefs, then you certainly don't want the Chiefs because if the Chiefs lose, you can win the whole thing.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I understand. Uh but I actually am handcuffed. I, I've already taken Green Bay. I have taken Seattle. Um
0: have you taken Dallas?
1: I have not.
0: Have you taken Minnesota?
1: Yes, okay. I have.
0: So, you know, Dallas is twenty one, twenty two percent owned, so it might end up that your particular pool has a couple of Dallas, and then you're gonna really regret taking Dallas too. So I yeah. get it. You know, it's but you know in a pool where I thought forty two percent, which is pretty accurate usually um, are going to take the the chalk. I'm going to fade them. It's just they're the best team to win. I agree, but not by a big enough margin to justify their ownership level.
1: Yeah, and Macklin's missing practice, and where so starting running back, number one wide receiver, number one quarterback. Pretty, yeah. That's that's not ideal.
0: Yeah, and I mean Jacksonville's terrible. I mean, I think I have the Chiefs laying the wood, but again, it's not just are like Unders- to the yeah. win. It's payoff if they win and. The way to win survivor pools is, by, is when that big upset happens and the whole glacier just collapses that everyone's standing on and you're on a smaller glacier. You know, that's how you Yeah, do it. we're talking about two different
1: things, right? A big glacier versus four people. I will say this. I, I, do, uh, I am worried for sure without Alex Smith. Nick Foles might be terrible. But I do like the fact that most people would have Kansas City as the number one fantasy defense this week, correct?
0: Um, they certainly should be among them, yes.
1: Okay, gotcha. But, yeah, I, I understand it. as far as bigger pools, you might want to fade them.
0: It doesn't matter the size of the pool. It just matters the percentage of people taking them. If two people take the Chiefs and one person takes the Cowboys, you know, you're going to want to take someone else, the Vikings or the Seahawks. or I mean, I know you've used those, but, you know, in theory, you're going to want to take someone else.
1: Well, let's move on to this Vikings game because I think they could lose again. I mean, how good are they?
0: Uh, I don't think they're that good, but I think Norv's departure cannot be a bad thing. I think they needed to switch it up. They were not this sort of offense where you need a lot of good offensive line plays, just not suited to the personnel or to Bradford. And they're at home. They, both games they lost were on the road, and I just think they're gonna their D is gonna step up, and then their offense is gonna have enough success against the crappy lines. D, um, I, I like the Vikings a decent amount.
1: Oh, you're laying the wood on this. Yes, Interesting. I am. Yes, I am. Yeah, no, I, I just think I this. made it my best bet actually. Wow. That actually makes sense because they're due for a good game, but I took the Lions to the points. I just feel like uh, they played decent enough. They're they're kind of like a San Diego, your Giants type team for me, the Lions. Uh, Don't rely on them when they're ahead, when they're favored, but I think they'll make this close enough.
0: Yeah, the Texans won 20 to 13 last week over them, and I think this is like the same game, basically.
1: All right. Yeah, fair enough.
0: Okay. I mean, it's a division rival. There's a little more familiarity. It's a little different. All right. Eagles plus two and a half at Giants. Oh, I never answered your Charkandrick West question. Are we sure Spencer Ware isn't playing? I feel like everybody's just assuming Spencer Ware is not playing. Do we have confirmation on that?
1: Nope, we do not. That's that's what's made it so, uh, such a, I mean, there were so, so, so many interesting fab bids this week. I feel like, you know, when the season on the line and we're getting close to the fantasy playoffs, I went big in a couple leagues for West because just being that lead back in Kansas City means so much. But you're right. Ware could be back as soon as. Three
0: days, yeah, and people bid on Hightower who may not even start this week, right? People, right, you know, I mean, nobody knows. Anton it's, Smith, like, who knows tonight? <laughs> what, right. Exactly. The guy I liked, and I'm annoyed because I said this on the XM show, and Jeff, Harrison oh, CJ ProSize,
1: like, you're gonna say CJ Procise. yeah. I know. and
0: Jeff was like, oh, yeah, CJ ProSize, yeah, I agree with that. And then he bit outbid me in all my leagues on him, which just pisses me off. It's like he wouldn't have done that shit if I didn't tell him, you know, I shouldn't have said anything, I should have kept it to myself, anyway. Um, I like ProSize because. I don't think Christian Michael's playing that well. The Seahawks probably, you know, they're not a good offensive line. They don't have that sort of advantage with Russell Wilson with the option and kind of freezing up the defensive end. They may need to get a guy who can operate in space and catch short passes, you know, when there's not as much time. I think Proceis has real upside, and especially if Wilson ever gets healthy, you know, he could be a top back. So that was the guy I really liked, and he's still cheap now. He had a big receiving game, but nobody's, you know, thinking he's the starter or anything. So that was the guy I actually wanted.
1: Yeah, especially in PPR leagues. I, I, I'm with you. I, I bid on him personally in NFC in, in league.
0: And, and the longer shot is Paul Perkins, who has shown a spark. But Ben McAdoo is just such a coward. Ben McAdoo is the type of dude who would never who'd be like, oh, his pass protection is not that good. You know, whereas, like, they just say that about Ricky backs no matter what anyway, right? Who knows if that's even the case. It's just that he's – every time they've given him the ball, he's done something. But anyway, let's move on. Eagles plus 2.5 at Giants. I'm probably a homer here, but I just said if it's, I made the line three and then because it was two and a half, I took the Giants, but I, I, you know, two and a half, if anybody's better, it's probably the Eagles, but the three to two and a half is such a big drop off when you're on the road that I I took the home team.
1: I'm sure I'm wrong here, but because this is begging you to take the Giants less than threes, but I don't get why it's less than three. Carson Wentz isn't that great. So, I mean... He looks great for a rookie, but come on. Yes, I agree with you. I took the Giants.
0: Okay. Uh, Cowboys minus seven and a half at Browns. I actually set this exactly at seven and a half for myself, and that's what the line is. I, uh, I'm i taking Cleveland, though. When when it's an exact tie and you got a home dog, I'm going to take the home dog.
1: I feel like I've taken Cleveland every week, and I will continue to do so. Dallas is a really good team, and they might honestly be the best NFC team and, and the favorite to be representatives of the super bowl i love ezekiel elliott and dfs but man it's a lot of points in the road i'm actually scared they might lose this outright that's why i'm not taking them in survivor and uh cody kessler looks like going to get the start the browns way too competent continue to get disrespected on 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 the spread
0: yeah but i mean they were down 11 to the jets and made the push what
1: happened there what happened
0: yeah, they got the the touchdown and the two-point conversion to push, and it was like a miracle that they even pushed. I mean, they they, they covered against the Titans one week where it was the same thing. Was, the game was never in doubt, and they got a miracle uh, cover at the end. It's like that's the best you do with the Browns. They're really a terrible team, but I, I took them too. Okay. All right. Jets plus three and a half at Dolphins. Where did you go here?
1: I feel like we're definitely going to be different here. I have not looked at your picks, but – um. <clears throat> I did take the jets and the points, but man miami i I consistently rank as like a top three fantasy defense this week, so i 'm kind of uh, you know at odds here with myself, so I could see either way, in other words, I hate this game
0: I take the dolphins I think the dolphins are a better team than the jets I knew um, you were, I knew you' were going to i knew and you know the, I just think the dolphins they 're not good don 't get me wrong, but I just think they 're going to handle them at home, and I think the jets are probably a bottom five team and they may look a little better after a win in Cleveland, but you know, that's Cleveland. So I, I laid the wood.
1: Yeah. I, I, I expected you to, um, what the next one is actually another tough one. The, the Pittsburgh Baltimore one, where'd you go there?
0: Yeah, I made it plus two. Um, I don't know what the line is now, but I knew that at, um, at the time I, I did it, it was two. And there was some, I guess Roethlisberger still kind of iffy, like what, what the deal is. I'm not loving this if it's Landry Jones, but I figured Roethlisberger would probably play. And then you've got to figure that the Steelers are considerably better than the, Ra- than the Ravens with healthy Roethlisberger. And, and I had this game of pick 'em, and so they were getting two. But I'm not strong on it. I mean, the Ravens' D isn't bad, and these teams know each other so well, and they know Roethlisberger. And Roethlisberger's not really been good on the road, so it's kind of a coin flip for me.
1: Yeah, you're kind of an insane person if you bet on this game, and I bet on everything. But um, yeah, I, I took Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't. Mo- <clears throat> if you look at Vegas Insider right now, it's uh, one one casino has Pittsburgh uh, underdogs by two and a half points. Two others have them favored. So I have no idea what to make of it. But I expect Big Ben to play because he's a contemporary ancestor, and um, I expect them to win because Baltimore is so bad, so bad.
0: Yeah, their D isn't that bad. I mean, I, I don't think it'll be easy, but. I took the Steelers, too. Um, okay, Saints minus three and a half at the Niners. I thought, okay, the Niners suck. They are terrible. Even though it's the Saints and they're on the road, which is a bad look for them, I'm going to make this a pick em because I want to be pretty aggressive in fading the Niners. And I look, and the line is minus three and a half. And so I took the Niners. I don't want to, but I did it.
1: I switched, so I switched my Chiefs' best bet to the Saints because the Niners are that bad. And I'm a Niners fan, and I don't think I'm just being a opposite homer here. I mean, the over-under is 52, 52.5, so those points mean less. Uh, New Orleans has quietly gone from the worst defense ever to uh, just really bad recently. And I expect them to run all over them. I don't know what to tell you for fantasy terms as far as Ingram versus Hightower. List may have or may not have an opinion on this. Actually, really good really good piece on your East Coast offense is what I'm getting at. But um Saints are going to kill them. Niners are terrible.
0: You could be right, but uh, it's just too many points on the road for them. I do think Ingram is going to be the guy. I think that Peyton, in his heart of hearts, and maybe I'm totally wrong about this, um, knows that he just was being a douchebag to bench him. So would you, using,
1: would you use Hightower, a very cheap option in DFS, if you're like to pin on it? I mean, we're talking the Niners are literally the best, uh, you know, the best matchup you can possibly well,
0: have. Put it this way. If it were a big tournament, sure. Because okay. although I think a lot of people are going to use him. But I I kind of think Ingram is the play who could have a huge day. Because <laughs> I feel like Peyton, he knows he's wrong to have done that the whole game. And he it's just stubbornly a- stuck with it. And I hope that he's not that much of a douchebag, that he's – You know, after the game, he was like, you know, Ingram, he'll bounce back. I'm confident he has a thick skin. And hopefully, like, he made his point. But he knows that Ingram's the better player who's been there forever, um, who's played through injuries and stuff. And I think he's going to sort of do a makeup call and give Ingram a really big workload.
1: I kind of agree with you, actually.
0: Okay. Uh, Panthers minus three at Rams. What do you got here?
1: Boy, another tough game. I actually found this week especially difficult, which is scary considering, I, I don't know, I've been... Exactly.
0: Well, it's, 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 there's nothing to worry about. I mean, it's, if, if you thought it was difficult, I mean, it's not like you did, could do any worse than you did in previous weeks.
1: Oh, calm down. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, Caroline is allowing the most yards per attempt in the NFL. Uh, every Los Angeles is such a tough team, too. Uh, Kenny Britt's an, uh, another uh, deep DFS play I kind of like. I took the points at home.
0: Yeah, I did too. I made this Panthers minus one. The line in Vegas was minus three. The Rams are garbage, but they've been off. They were off last week, right? And it just seems like I don't know. At home, they they sometimes play tough. They play the Seahawks tough. I think they could play the Panthers tough. Yeah, but, yeah.
1: Good luck. Um, congratulations, Carolina finally beat a team that wasn't the Forty ers this season. Great. Yeah, awesome.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was a huge win for them. Um, the the thing that's that's interesting is. Uh, our girly Spencer Warebet. I mean, that kind of hurts you on that average uh, per game that he left with the concussion in the second quarter. Whenever he left,
1: right? Yeah, I know that. Yeah, you're right. It's a Definitely drop in the bucket for trouble. you.
0: You're, you've lost like fifteen, twenty grand this year on various events and Super Bowl and everything else. That what's another hundred dollars for you? Right,
1: <laughs> the drop in the bucket.
0: Yeah, you're like you're like Trump. You know, it's like Trump was the poorest person on the planet. He had like negative a billion at one point. And so like, what's the thing is when you have negative a billion, you're, you're still rich because hey, what's, what's the problem spending 30,000 a month on your rent, you know, or your mortgage? It's like you're negative a billion. Like it's not, it doesn't make any difference. You still live large on negative a billion, right?
1: Yeah. I did not get loaned a million by my dad though. This is a problem.
0: No, you didn't. He should have though. He should have. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? Well, well, we'll get to the politics section of this. Let's oh, you the to oh I like it. Okay. So, All right. people, All right. so people can, you know, not okay. listen to that if they don't want to. Um, on Twitter, I usually warn people if I'm going to talk about politics. I say, please sure. mute me. I really think I'm muted by, like, you know, you know how, like, there's people, I mute people also, like, in the industry that I just can't. It's usually not for political reasons. It's more just like they're just so annoying. I can't deal with them. But I don't want to, like, have them see that I'm unfollowing them because I don't want it to be a thing. So I just mute them. And I imagine that I am widely muted by others, like, widely. I mean, I, I just imagine that pretty much 15% of my industry followers actually see my tweets. I, I needed
1: I, you long ago and you're just now making me realize that you're on Twitter. I yeah, forgot. I, I B- don't it.
0: even count you. I mean, you're like not even, I didn't even think about that. Okay. Colts plus seven at Packers. Um, I, this is where I had the line at seven. I, some lines have moved it up to seven and a half. I think they really need T.Y. Hilton healthy healthy, and that's kind of 50-50 right now. But I don't know, man, the Packers, they, they're idiots and I think luck may just like will them into this game and you know, be down 20 in the third quarter and get it down to six at the end of the game. So I took I took the points.
1: Exactly, my thoughts. I understand that 54 over under is, means the points mean less, but the Packers play better at home. I get it. I think they're going to win for sure, but they they don't ram the throttle. I mean, this is going to be a close game. But this is exactly the type of games the Colts cover backdoor.
0: Right, and, and McCarthy is like Mr. Take the Foot off the Gas. You know what I mean? I mean, he's the worst exactly. at that. For sure. And he's way too stupid to have learned from his mistakes. All right. Titans plus five at Chargers. I made this line four and a half. Um, I'm not a Titans guy whatsoever. I just think the Chargers are not a good favorite, so I took the Titans.
1: Same exact for me. They're not a good favorite. I like the Chargers when they're underdogs. Um, they're, they'll probably win this game, but the Titans are secretively, secretively kind of decent. Um, Going to be a close game, for sure. Yeah. Tennessee.
0: And it doesn't, the Chargers, your view of the Chargers hasn't changed since the arrival of the boss.
1: No, oh, he is a boss, for sure. But how I is that mean, not but,
0: his nickname? Like I would give these guys the, the boss. He's obviously the boss. Joey Boss, right? I
1: know, I know. And then, and then, I like, hear you.
0: And then what's his name? Was well, it is a pronounced
1: Bosa, so that might I be know, a the problem.
0: Okay? And then two, um, what's, uh, what's his name? Jesse James, the outlaw,
1: right? Right, that was, yeah. That that's a good which, nickname. That's, but, that's a, even more of a no-brainer. Uh, yeah. uh, the problem there is he's not quite as good, but sure.
0: And, and how about Orleans Darqua, who is just hanging on to his job by a thread, the dark horse.
1: Again, different phonetically, but I hear you.
0: I I don't think you're giving me proper due, but it's okay. We'll move on. Uh, Broncos pick at Raiders. I had this Broncos plus two and a half. Um, I've been disrespecting the Raiders for so long, and I know it's going to bite me the second I'm back on them, but I'm starting to grudgingly think Derek Carr is good, and I know it's going to be really tough for him to throw into those to his outside receivers. But I also think Trevor Simeon is terrible. Like I'm back to like where I was before that Bengals game. I think this is going to be a low scoring game in Oakland. And I'm going to say the Raiders make the final drive, not the Broncos.
1: Okay. I totally agree with you. This is a very much a toss up and I'm taking the home team, even though Oakland has been so much really good on the road, but yeah, I'm not super impressed with, with Denver whatsoever. Um, I do uh, so. I'm taking the Raiders, but I want to ask you a a question for fantasy players. So Mike Clay, whom I really like, really good guy, um, very very knowledgeable, uh, presents a, a column each week. Everyone should read. He keeps criticizing um, Carr for his second half debacles his, the first two years in his league. I'm curious your opinion. If you would rank that, rate that whatsoever. First half versus second half. Russell Wilson, I guess you could say that as well. Curious if that matters to you.
0: Well, Russell Wilson had a huge second half last year. Um, Maybe it's the opposite, that he's worse in the first half. You mean half of games or the half of the season?
1: No, half of seasons. Russell Wilson, this has been for his career, but that's been a little bit longer, and now he's hurt, which is a problem.
0: Russell Wilson was great in the second half last year.
1: No, that's – yes. What I'm saying is, Russell Wilson has been terrible the first half and very good the second half. As the season goes along, yes. And And Derek Carr, this this will be two years now. He's been very, very good the first half and poor the second half. And now we're in season 2.5, in which he's been very good the first half. Would you care at all that the first two seasons of his career, he's been much poorer in the second half?
0: Not without more study. I'd have to see the schedules, how they played out. Like, you know, maybe he just it was backloaded all the best teams that he faced in the second half the last couple of years, just randomly. He's only been in the league two years. So that kind of randomness can uh, be a big factor without an explanation though. Um, whether someone was dinged up or he doesn't like cold weather or something um, without a coherent explanation, I'm going to start, I'm going to think that it's noise. Uh, obviously just the fact that it happened twice, it would occur to me maybe as something as a tiebreaker, but when it's a small sample and you don't really have an identifiable cause, um, I would tend to be dismissive of it. Fair
1: enough. Yeah, I agree. Carr, by the way, has a two two games against Denver and and a bye, so that might factor in as well. But I I, I totally am with you. I I think it's mostly noise. Why would there be a difference? Yeah, it could be though. He
0: could be bad in cold weather. He um, could be somebody that just wears down over the the course of the season. Um, it could be that his receivers have worn down over the course of the season. Like they had a lot. Of, you know, it could be some things that are repeatable, some things that are not, and you have to look into it, but I'm not buying the hypothesis enough to even look into it, is what I'm saying. Fair, okay.
1: Sorry if I said that backward, by the way. Wilson has been the opposite. He's right, been that's, what I, that's much... what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, All
0: right, okay. And finally, the last game, Monday night, this is my second best bet, and it probably should be my best bet. Bills plus seven. I really like the Bills here. I made him six and a half, but obviously that's a, a big difference between six and a half and seven, and I think this is just a bad matchup for the Seahawks. I think Michael Bennett, he's out on D. He's there by far best defensive lineman, um, and the Bills have a good offensive line. And then the Seahawks' offensive line is shaky, and the the Bills have a rough defensive line, and Wilson's not mobile right now. So I just think this is one of these games where the Bills may just physically beat them up. And then, you know, you have uh, Seattle's great secondary, but who are they going to guard? It's almost wasted on the Bills. So one of their big advantages is negated. So I'm taking Buffalo to keep this close.
1: Totally agree. I would not touch this in Survivor. I think the Bills might win outright. Um, I'm un- it's unclear to me if the Seahawks are even good. Uh, obviously, at home, <laughs> in prime time, Seattle has been just ridiculous. But still, uh, I totally take seven points without question.
0: All right. So let's pick our five that we're going to use.
1: All right. I'm marking them down. I, I I told you I do not have a strong fill at all. So I, I will rely on you this week. All right. Sounds like
0: uh, sounds like we're taking the Bills. Sure. Definitely. Um, I would take the Titans.
1: Oh, I like that actually. Really, okay. actually, almost made the Titans my best bet.
0: Okay, the Colts.
1: Yeah, yeah, like that a lot.
0: Um, let's do the Rams. Okay. And I would do the Vikings, but if you don't want the Vikings, you can pick the last one. Oh, so you think they're going to get it together at home? Yeah. I mean,
1: what do you what do you make of the Nor Norv Turner um, resigning? Good. As I said. Like. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Man. Okay. We'll talk about that fifth one, but okay. I, I'm on board with the first four for sure.
0: Okay. Good, good. So I don't know. You want to talk politics quickly. Um, obviously,
1: Yes. So I want to hear your opinion. I mean, we have the election. We've talked, you know, ever since we started this podcast, we have the election coming up. So I will let you uh, speak on your own. Let's do this.
0: Well, I, I'll just say a couple of things. One, I, I really wish we could just postpone the election six months, just admit that we made a mistake with the two nominees that we have and just start over again. It's just really disgraceful who we have. But since we last had the podcast, obviously, the James Comey announced that they were reopening uh, an investigation into Hillary's emails, and the reason is just so hilarious that Anthony Weiner, the uh, husband of uh, Hillary's main aide, Huma Abedin, uh, got, was under investigation for sexting a 15-year-old, and they, were in a, they got his laptops, and on his laptop, they found a lot of uh, emails from the Clintons, from Hillary's server, to Huma Abedin, his wife. And the thing that's so crazy about that is, you know, maybe they, I don't really know why that was on his laptop, What if he was like, I just need to have the goods on them just in case they try to cut me out, you know, and he got those, I don't know if that's actually true, but it's plausible to me. And now there may be nothing there. It may just be duplicates of stuff they already have, but if there's emails among the deleted that they, she never turned over that have classified info or incriminating info, well, then that's a felony, right? Then, then it shows that they were hiding something. Um, everyone knows they were hiding something from the beginning, but because it's all just sort of mundane corruption that's going on that everyone sort of assumes might be going on, but it, it, it may not really matter what public opinion is. If the FBI finds something that's an indictable prosecutable offense.
1: Okay. Um, a couple things to respond. Um, I'm going to take out the Vikings and add the saints just because I think the Niners are very bad. And I'm going to go with my best bet and, and to go to politics. Uh, I, I, I my, my main question to you involves a Louis CK, uh, appearance, uh, on, uh, Conan, in which he said, you're an asshole if you don't vote. And that's not just that one appearance As a lot of people have told me that myself. And I know you are someone who's kind of been an advocate being like, I'm not voting because No, Chinese. I'm voting. I'm voting. OK, but did, have you not said that? OK, so who you whom you're voting for Hillary then? No,
0: no I'm not. I'm just voting for Hillary.
1: OK, OK. But so so voting period isn't important to you.
0: I personally would like to vote, and I will vote for Jill Stein. Okay. That's who I would vote for. I I would not give my vote to someone like Hillary, who is corrupt and criminal and also is in large part responsible for the devastation in Libya, which is, it's like got sent back five centuries. But conversely, I'm not going to vote for a, you know, just a compulsive liar who. is a sexual predator by his own account and corroborated by other women, who is a scumbag who ripped people off and had a Trump university that was totally fraudulent. Why would I vote for either of those people? Why, why should I be pushed to give up my vote for, for either of those people?
1: Right, okay, my question to you is, is voting important to you, period? Like, like should you make a vote regardless? Uh,
0: if those were the only two choices, I would not vote for the president. I would just vote yeah. for the props in California.
1: Okay. But, I, I okay. think Louis
0: C.K. is totally off base and it's it just ill-informed. You know, he was like, I saw that clip. He was like, oh, she's a, she's a mother and blo-. it's just a stupid clip, right? It was just no, him doing no, it. No, he, he's a funny guy, but I understand he's what you saying. very funny and I love Louis C.K.'s comedy, but like he's in over his head there. He didn't, he hasn't looked into it, right? Like I tweeted out today, like I follow a bunch of really good people on Twitter, none of whom would vote for Trump, but they're also not propagandized by the Hillary campaign. So they're just telling the truth about both sides. Guys like Michael Tracy, who I've mentioned, Glenn Greenwald, everyone knows who he is. You know, but, but guys like Cenk Uger, who's the Young Turks guy, Jordan Charlton, who also works for the Young Turks, people like that, they just report. And they're not afraid to report negative things about Hillary. In fact, they report lots of it because they're not, oh, no, it's too, it's too dangerous. This tweet could swing the election. I better not do it. You know, they're just reporting, doing their jobs, the, unlike all these disgraceful reporters that are in the tank. And when you read that stuff, you, you just see how really terrible the Clintons are and how people are just not really looking into it and they're just being spun. And and Michael Tracy asked a great question on Twitter the other day. He said, if there's such a right-wing conspiracy out there, then how come Obama doesn't have all these scandals?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that is...
0: <laughs> Where's Obama scandal? What did Obama do? Did they, did they get where he was selling influence? Did they get where he was... No, there's nothing on Obama. They tried that birther thing. That didn't work. Right? And... There's nothing. They got nothing on Obama. Why? Because Obama is not a fucking criminal. I'm not an Obama fan. I don't believe in a lot of things he's done, but he's not a criminal, right? The Clintons, there has been overreach. Don't get me wrong. The Benghazi shit, there's all sorts of made-up bullshit. The Vince Foster thing, there's no evidence of that. But, but just because people are overreaching doesn't mean that you didn't actually really do bad stuff, right? I mean, those two things can both be true, that the Republicans overreach but they have actual real dirt on her too.
1: Okay, I want your odds of who's going to win Tuesday night.
0: I think it's seventy five twenty five Hillary. Um, I think that, you know, the the sexual assault stuff is is pretty damning, and um, the amount of just establishment muscle on her side and the papers and the media is going to be enough. Um, even though there's a lot of people who are. Disillusioned and probably more enthusiastic about Trump blowing up the system than the status quo. I think Hillary's going to seventy-five twenty-five to win, and I think the win will be relatively
1: narrow. All right. To be clear, Silver, right now is at sixty-five percent, five thirty-eight. Is at sixty-five?
0: Sixty-five. Oh, okay. Then, okay. Maybe it's maybe it's even less than I say. I mean, not that Nate Silver's. Oh, he's been very wrong. Right. He's been wrong. Preliminary. I think <laughs> Hillary's going to win, but I hope. And and remember, our bet is who's the next president, right? that yes. if Hillary does get elected that she gets indicted shortly thereafter and the person who gets inaugurated is neither Hillary nor Trump.
1: I hear you, man. All right, good stuff, Liz.
0: All right, we'll leave it at that. And it's not just for the money. It's for the good of the country and the world. All right.
1: Well, one would hope.
0: Yes. All right, that's Chris Liss. I've been talking to Dalton of Yahoo Sports. This podcast, the East Coast Offense, has been sponsored by FanDuel. There's a special offer for new users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel, go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll also have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. It's more than $40 in value for just $10. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. They're going to kill the love of my life if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless.